Remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today we're delving into the life of Robert Maxwell, a media magnate whose life story is rife with controversy and enigma. Today marks the 32nd anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the early life of Robert Maxwell. Part 1. Escape to Freedom and Fight Against Tyranny, 1923-1945 In the rolling hills of pre-war Czechoslovakia, Jan Ludwig Hyman Binyamin Hoch was born into a Yiddish-speaking family. His father was a respected but not affluent local tradesman, and his mother tended to their modest household and their children's upbringing. Jan, who would later become known to the world as Robert Maxwell, began life with the same spirited vigor and sharp intellect that would come to define his tumultuous career. The Hulk family lived in the small town of Stalinsdoli, where the community ties were strong and traditions ran deep. Young Jan's early life was steeped in the customs and culture of his Jewish heritage, providing him with a sense of identity that would persist despite the looming shadows of conflict. As the rumblings of war grew closer, the family's world was shattered. The rise of Nazism in neighboring Germany heralded a time of unimaginable horror for Jews throughout Europe. Sensing a growing danger, Jan fled his homeland at the tender age of 16, a wrenching decision that saw him leave his family behind, most of whom would tragically perish in the Holocaust. His journey to safety was fraught with peril. He traveled throughout the heart of a continent being torn apart by war, his path marked by the kindness of strangers and the capriciousness of fate. He arrived in France, where he found temporary refuge, but soon faced the onslaught of the Nazi invasion in 1940. Determined to resist the tyranny that had consumed his homeland, Jan joined the Czechoslovakian army in exile, and when the unit was evacuated to Britain, his service under the British military began. Adopting the name Robert Maxwell, a moniker that carried no trace of his Jewish or Eastern European roots, he began a new chapter of his life in the British Army. Maxwell proved to be a capable and courageous soldier, and his wartime experiences honed his leadership skills. He participated in the D-Day landings in Normandy, a crucible of fire that shaped the destinies of many young men. For his bravery, he was awarded the Military Cross, an honor that Maxwell would regard with pride throughout his entire life. The end of the war in 1945 saw Maxwell as a decorated war hero facing a world dramatically altered by conflict. With no family to return to and his homeland dramatically changed under Soviet influence, Maxwell chose to remain in Britain. His experiences during these years laid a foundation of resilience and tenacity. The skills he developed in the military, strategic thinking, decisiveness, and a certain ruthlessness would become trademarks of his business practices. The war had taken much from Maxwell, but it also gave him a new start in a country that would witness his transformation from a soldier to a business mogul. It was in these immediate post-war years that Maxwell's ambition began to crystallize, setting him on a path towards building a publishing empire that would reach across the globe. Part 2. The Making of a Mogul, 1945-1964 The end of World War II found Robert Maxwell in the midst of a transformation. He had emerged from the crucible of conflict not just as a survivor, but as a decorated war hero. 
The fabric of his former life had been irreversibly torn, but in its place, Maxwell began weaving a new identity as a British entrepreneur. In the years following his military service, Maxwell used his contacts and charisma to step into the world of publishing. With a sharp intellect and a shrewd business sense, he recognized the burgeoning opportunities in the post-war information boom. He acquired a majority share in the small publishing firm Pergamon Press, a decision that would prove pivotal. Under Maxwell's leadership, Pergamon specialized in scientific and technical material, catering to the thirst for knowledge in an era increasingly driven by technological advancement. Maxwell's approach was both innovative and aggressive. He expanded Pergamon's reach by acquiring other academic journals and books, cementing its status as a leading publisher in the scientific community. His penchant for recognizing and capitalizing on niche markets was evident in the way that he drove Pergamon to international success. Maxwell was not just selling books, he was selling the very conduit of knowledge in an age where information equaled power. By the late 1950s, Maxwell's success in publishing had begun to afford him the trappings of wealth, a lavish lifestyle, a mansion in Oxfordshire, and a burgeoning public profile. But his ambitions extended well beyond the realm of academia. He sought a place in the world of politics, aspiring to influence the very fabric of British society. In 1964, Maxwell's political aspirations were realized when he was elected as a member of Parliament for the Labour Party, representing Buckingham. His tenure as an MP was marked by his staunch advocacy for research and development, and his calls for Britain to embrace the technological revolutions that were sweeping the globe. Maxwell's life during this period was one of stark dualities, between the public figure and the private man, the self-made success and the ruthless businessman. Rumors swirled of his heavy-handed management style and the immense pressure he placed on his employees, yet his contributions to science and education through his publishing empire were undeniable. Maxwell's identity as a publisher and politician began to merge, creating a powerful persona that would dominate boardrooms and the halls of power alike. His charm and intelligence could win over a room, but his temper and intensity revealed a man who was not to be crossed. As Maxwell's wealth grew, so did his family. He and his wife Elizabeth, whom he married in 1945, had a growing family. They would eventually have nine children, all of which whom had varying levels of success and some some major scandals. This period in Maxwell's life saw him at the pinnacle of his first wave of success, with Pergamon Press flourishing and his political influence rising. Yet the very traits that propelled him to these heights, his ambition, his ego, and his uncrowned compromising nature, sowed these seeds for future challenges. The foundation was laid for a legacy riddled with complexities, one that would capture the imagination of the world in both his lifetime and beyond. Part 3. Power Plays and Public Persona, 1965-1984 as the 1960s marched on, Robert Maxwell stood at the vanguard of the international publishing scene. His influence extended beyond the confines of Pergamon Press, his public persona flourished. He was no longer just a businessman, but a figure of significant social and political clout. His contributions to the publishing industry and his outspoken nature in Parliament made him a familiar face in British public life. 
During this period, Maxwell's ambition was relentless. He sought to diversify his holdings and solidify his status as a media baron. It was a time of bold moves. He would make audacious, albeit unsuccessful, bids for the News of the World newspaper in 1969, signaling his intent to expand his empire beyond academic publishing. Though thwarted, this attempt did not dampen his aspirations, it merely redirected them. Maxwell's appetite for expansion was matched by his commitment to innovation. He invested in new printing technologies and was among the first to recognize the potential of computerizing the production of books and journals. He foresaw a future where information could be digitized, foreseeing the transformation that would later sweep through the publishing world. In the political arena, Maxwell's tenure as an NP ended in 1970, but his influence didn't wane. He maintained strong connections within the Labour Party and continued to exert his influence on British and European political discourse, particularly concerning trade and industry. His public image was meticulously crafted. Maxwell presented himself as a self-made man, a champion of the working class from whom he had risen. He was known for his grandiose statements and gestures, and his lavish philanthropy was well publicized. Yet, the reality was more complex. Maxwell was also seen by some as a figure shrouded in mystery, with rumors of connections to intelligence agencies and a wartime past that was only partially revealed. The 1970s brought challenges that tested Maxwell's resilience. His company, Pergamon Press, was embroiled in a financial scandal that threatened to undermine his reputation. In 1971, the Board of Trade, under the government of the day, accused Maxwell of misleading shareholders about the company's value. Although he was eventually cleared of any wrongdoing, the episode was a blow to Maxwell's ego and to his standing in the business community. Despite these setbacks, the 1980s saw a resurgence for Maxwell. He bounced back with the characteristic tenacity, regaining control of Pergamon and expanding his reach into new markets. In 1981, he made a successful bid for the British Printing Corporation, rebranding it as the Maxwell Communications Corporation. This acquisition was a stepping stone that would lead him to take on the international stage, broadening his focus and including mass media and communications. By the mid-1980s, Robert Maxwell had become a symbol of success and power, his name synonymous with a global business empire. However, beneath the surface of public triumphs, the foundations of his empire were becoming increasingly precarious. Maxwell's methods of financing his acquisitions were complex and sometimes opaque, leading to growing concerns about the stability of his financial practices. As the decade progressed, Maxwell's public actions became more flamboyant and his personal behavior more autocratic. To the world, he was the embodiment of success, a man who could shape industries and challenge governments, but those in his inner circle, including his growing family, often saw a different side, one that was demanding and intensely private. Part 4. The Downfall and Mysterious Demise, 1984-1991 the latter half of the 1980s saw Robert Maxwell's image as a titan of industry began to show cracks. As the 1990s approached, the tycoon found himself caught in a maelstrom of financial difficulties and controversies that would ultimately lead to his dramatic and untimely end. Maxwell's voracious appetite for acquisition continued unabated, but the means to finance this expansion became increasingly questionable. The financial world started to look closer at the labyrinth structure of his corporate empire. The Maxwell Communication Corporation had become bloated with debt. 
its balance sheets a tapestry of intercompany loans and complex financial instruments that confounded investors and regulators alike. Public confidence in Maxwell started to erode when it became apparent that he was propping up the share of his own companies, buying stocks through secret affiliates to create the illusion of market confidence. Reports began to surface of Maxwell's autocratic management style with the tales of his tyranny tyrannical behavior towards employees contributing to a growing sense of unease. In the background, Maxwell was waging a personal battle to maintain his empire's solvency. He became embroiled in a series of lawsuits and faced a mounting public outcry when it was revealed that he had taken unauthorized loans from his company's pension funds to address financial shortfalls. These actions, once brought to light, would stain his reputation beyond recovery. Amidst the turmoil, Maxwell's family life also began to unravel. His wife, Elizabeth, and their nine children were increasingly distanced from the patriarch as his public life was consumed by a desperate scramble to save his crumbling empire. The year 1991 marked the pinnacle of Maxwell's public disgrace. On November 5th, after a period of intense pressure and public scrutiny, Robert Maxwell disappeared from his luxury yacht, the Lady Ghislaine, named after his favorite daughter, who would later become in the news for her involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. His naked body was later found floating in the Atlantic Ocean near the Canary Islands. Maxwell's death was shrouded in mystery and speculation. The official verdict was accidental drowning, but theories abound of suicide, murder, and even staged disappearance. Speculation was fueled by the discovery of the massive hole in the pension funds and the financial disarray of his businesses. The enigma of his final moments seemed to mirror the complexities and contradictions of his life. The aftermath of Maxwell's death was chaotic. It sent shockwaves throughout the international financial community and left a legacy of litigation. His sons, Kevin and Ian, struggled to salvage the pieces of his empire but the scandal of the pension funds loomed large. In 1992, the Mirror Group newspaper's pensioners were compensated by the British government, a tacit acknowledgement of the gravity of Maxwell's misappropriations. Robert Maxwell's life ended as dramatically as it had been lived. His death marked a sorrowful and ignominious end to a career that had soared to great heights and plunged into unfathomable depths. The Maxwell Empire, once a towering presence in publishing and media industries, dissolved into the wake of a scandal, leaving behind a legacy tarnished by betrayal and a family grappling with the enormity of his actions. As a figure who once commanded the world stage with the force of his personality, the story of Robert Maxwell remains a cautionary tale of ambition unchecked by moral restraint. It serves as a stark reminder of how power can corrupt and how even the mightiest of empires can fall when built upon a foundation of deceit. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Robert Maxwell, a figure whose life was as dramatic as it was mysterious. He's also who died today, November 5th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Robert Maxwell looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you are listening and share with friends and family. Also, try to give us a five-star review or a like somewhere. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.